0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up.
1: It is Friday. Really glad you've joined us today to close out the week on the Three Martini Lunch. Rob Long, contributing editor at National Review, co-founder of Ricochet co-host of the GLOP podcast in for Jim Garrity as he has been since last Friday so Rob first of all thank you very much for all of your time and helping us wade through all the insanity of the past week I don't <laughs> we know- made it it's Friday <laughs> like did. this is insane how do we do this it Gets harder and harder right <laughs> it does. there's two different uh, things you should know about today's episode number one as, as Rob has pointed out many times during the past week it's, uh, it's it's tough to really dig into some of the key issues that are going on around us because the news cycle has the attention span of a fruit fly. And so after 24 to 48 hours, they've completely turned your neck 90 degrees to something else. Right. And so you forget about the first thing. So we're going to do a deeper dive today on some of these things so they don't slip past us. They're still good, bad, and crazy. Uh, also. I'm on vacation today, so we wanted to do this deeper dive, so in case something blew up on Thursday or, or Friday morning that's and we're not talking about it, that's, that's why. All right, Rob, let's uh, talk about our good martini here, and some folks might have expected us to do this on Thursday, but we saved it for today, and that is... Tim Scott is a national treasure, in my estimation. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, junior senator from South Carolina, the only black Republican senator, and he's been the point man for the Republicans on uh, what they call the Justice Act, the police reform bill. And on Wednesday, the bill came up before the United States Senate. And of course, uh, due to the rules there, you need 60 votes to proceed to the debate. And the Democrats wouldn't do that. They only got 56 votes to proceed. And as Tim Scott has said, look, I specifically went through the House Democratic bill and tried to add as much as I could accept in this bill. You'd be getting 70, 80% of what you want. Uh, I don't understand why you insist on getting 0% of what you want, even if you think you can get the rest of what you want if you win the election come uh, November. And so ultimately he said, I have figured out why you don't want to do this. It's as simple as this. What, pray tell, is the problem? Well, I finally realized what the problem is, Mr. President. The actual problem is not what is being offered. It is who is offering it. And so, Rob, he's exactly right. They'd rather have the issue than have a solution here because they think having the issue is better for them when it comes to the ballot box. But he's also right in the deeper issue of the fact that uh, they can't have the Republicans leading on this because it destroys one of their key narratives on the left.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's correct. And he's his his argument is really clear like and, and was incredibly blunt. He said, look, if you think you can win, then... you." You, you don't lose anything. Get 80% of what you want, then go win the election, get the next 20. Get 20 and add it to the wish list of stuff that you didn't think you were going to get ever. There's not an American around that doesn't understand that. That's just basic living in the world and negotiating for something. The interesting thing about Tim Scott is that, you know, Tim Scott, if you were listening for the past few years when, when, he, uh, took, when, he, when he took office to now— he was considered a lightweight by the media. They thought, oh, you know, they would kind of roll their eyes like yeah, Tim Scott. People would say, well, Tim Scott in the, in the Senate. Oh, yeah, him. Because he was a local politician. He was a state politician in South Carolina. He hadn't really, he wasn't anybody that they would ever notice, um, mostly because they tend not to notice African-Americans who don't sing from the very specific white progressively written hymnal. And since he sings from a different hymnal, they don't listen to him. They don't notice him. But here's this guy who said in, I don't know, was speech, I mean, I've seen the speech twice now. It's like all of seven minutes, maybe eight minutes. He managed to encapsulate exactly the problem in America today in American politics, which is we don't really care about solutions. We don't. We just care about noise. And he was absolutely right to finger them and to point to them and say, look, I tried to my best and you're, you won't even take uh, you won't even take a partial success knowing that you're going to get more success later. You just, you just prefer the noise. I mean, I don't know how to solve that. I mean, this, this, the, but, but I do know that I don't think I've heard a politician articulate it quite as well and quite as passionately and, and, and to really mean it like it, you can see it in Tim Scott's face. He's really, he really means it when he says he wants to pass, he wants to address the issue. Uh, there's something, you know, a unique moment here where you have an African American Republican in a Republican led Senate who has stories to tell about being hassled by the cops. He really does. He really has been. Um, this is a perfect person in, in a reasonable, moderate, solution driven America to help us find those reasonable, moderate, effective solutions. And half of the body politic in Washington doesn't want to hear from him. And that is just really depressing
1: you know you'll have the democrats insist they were talking about the process being token instead of the bill or tim scott
2: but uh that there's no way that that wasn't part of the uh the explanation no, they there they don't like him they don't like him because he's an african-american who is not on their s- partisan side so they so he doesn't count uh and then he they he was written off as a lightweight because he wasn't one of theirs and that's um that's another big problem we have in politics which is this 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 need to have everybody wearing a team jersey or they just simply aren't seen and that's really too bad i, I mean i know this is a good martini so the good martini <laughs> part of it is that 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 this is a leader i mean He's really found his voice. I mean, it's a tragic, under tragic circumstances. But this is a leader now in the Republican Party who really stands for something. And, um, and we need to, people on the center right need to listen to him and need to remind themselves that he's got a unique position here uh, to come to some real, very solid, hard solutions that are probably going to make some conservatives uncomfortable. Um, but I think in general will come from a place of great credibility and passion and patriotism. And that's really, really something to celebrate as we enter the July 4th weekend week. Yes. Um- Exactly, exactly right. I mean, he's
1: he's he's called it exactly right with uh, the Democratic uh, tactics here. And, you know, depending on the issue, it, it's not unique to the Democrats. We've seen it on the other side as well. I think I mentioned welfare reform at one mm-hmm. point in, in recent shows. And, uh, but man, I wish we had a dozen or two more Tim Scotts in the U.S. Senate. I mean, his, his, uh, his approach to actually revitalizing communities in addition to uh, fostering better relations between citizens and the police. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's actually interested in doing the job he was elected to do and not just getting on cable news shows and talk shows but
2: yeah and and the very reason that he was dismissed uh that he wasn't a partisan machine politician that he didn't sing from the democratic party hymnal that he uh was appointed kind of that it was, you know all the all those reasons uh are the reasons why he's an effective leader. He's a free thinker. He's exactly what the, the founders imagined a senator should be. Imagine if we had, you know, not 10 Tim Scotts, but five Republican Tim Scotts and five Democratic Tim Scotts in the Senate. It'd be a very different country.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely right. And he talked yesterday about how he's gotten death threats, which no one in the mainstream media had talked about. And then after he said it, CNN put up a post saying, did you know Senator Tim Scott had death threats? Here's our report. Well, yeah, because he just told you and you didn't care, you didn't care before that. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about some more good news, and that's 4Patriots, where you can find them at 4 slash martini and find all the great deals, including getting a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. satisfaction guaranteed. Visit 4patriots.com slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini. All right, let's move on to our other uh, big issue that won't go away, and that's coronavirus. Coronavirus, depending on the... Stories you believe, Rob, um, we're we're definitely seeing more cases in certain states. I don't don't know that those have translated into uh, a huge number of hospitalizations or deaths, but uh, it's just starting. We'll find out. Some say, well, it's the protests. Others say, no, it's uh, people on the right insisting that the economy open up sooner than it should have. And uh, we've got Greg Abbott, though, uh, in Texas, being worried uh, that their numbers are up, uh, Florida's are up to some extent, and so of course you got folks on the left saying, "Well, see these red state governors; they thought they knew all the answers, and that's going to be the big hotbed now." So now you've got New York saying they're
2: going to quarantine people from some other <laughs> states. Yeah, the moxie on that guy, and well, that's good karma, right? Because they were doing that; they were doing that for New Yorkers. So like, uh, New Yorkers never forget; we'll get you
1: back eventually. Well, let's let's just talk about that first in terms of uh, how this has been, you know. Cuomo, who was a complete disaster in handling this, especially with the nursing home policy, is just lauded, and not just by his sycophantic little brother on CNN, but by everyone everywhere thinks this guy's like presidential timber if uh, you know something were to befall yeah. Joe Biden here. And then the guys that actually got it right but because they didn't follow uh, the, the liberal instinct uh, initially, uh, they're clearly the bad guys no,
2: no matter what the numbers show. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is slowing, is pausing the reopening um, in light of the increased numbers. The, 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 you know, you, when people talk about percentage increase, they're usually because they're embarrassed by the actual raw number. It's too low. So they talk about, like, massive percentage increase. You know, if you have a buck, and I gave you another buck, that you've had a 100% increase in your net worth, um, but you still only have $2. Look, it's highly possible. That these red states, because they're red, you know, mostly Florida and Texas, right? That the fatality, the infected fatality rate, or whatever it's called—I don't even pretend to be an epidemiologist—but the number of people who die of COVID who got COVID um, could end up being roughly what it was in New York, probably not minus the six thousand old people that Cuomo basically sent back to old folks' homes so they could die, but just the normal number, right? In which case, they've managed to do precisely as poorly as everybody else, but they didn't shut down the economy. And I think what we're discovering now is everybody's jockeying now for position because they are trying to protect themselves from a future in which they look foolish. And the last time this happened, honestly, I mean, this is going to upset some people, was the, the Iraq war, right? We went in and said weapons of mass destruction. And the result was this kind of strange denials, psychic, break that people had where they insisted that certain pipes were, or they were escaped to Syria, or all sorts of stuff. Uh, but they quickly changed the subject because they didn't want to be wrong. And I think we're going to find that with um, the people who have been recommending not just that we be careful, not just that we wear masks or Purell, not just that old people stay inside and that you be careful, but that you also shut down the economy and send 20% of the workforce, which is in the service industry, a home. Uh, And you create an unemployment balloon a bomb that we haven't experienced in history. I mean, what we're discovering now is that the economy has an off switch. It just doesn't have an on switch. We don't know where that is. We thought it had an on and off switch, the same switch, but it's not. We just turned it off. We don't know how to turn it back on. And there is going to be fallout to that, and so there's a natural urge from the people who've been sounding the alarm to make it seem like it's still a disaster, and there's a natural urge for people who said there was no problem to make it seem like it's no problem, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But to not say, well, wait a minute, what what are, what's the price we're going to pay to shut down an economy and put 13, 15, 16, 18 percent of Americans out of work? What's the price um, in human lives, in human suffering, in whatever? Right. Um, it's not weigh those things, I think, is to be um, ultimately unserious, which is unfortunately what a lot of uh, the nation's governors and leaders are. What do you make of the great mask
1: debate of 2020, Rob? Um, obviously, yeah. there are extremes on both sides. There are some who say you should never wear them. It's all a, a giant way to try to control us. And and others, of course, turn into massive Karens, where if you're even just out sitting on your front porch, uh, they they want to call <laughs> the SWAT team on you. So right.
2: how do we get to this point? What do we do about it? Well, we got to this point because we lied about it, and, and they, they've admitted they lied about it. They lied about it in the early days of the virus. They said, you don't need a mask. Masks do not help. Do not wear a mask. Wearing a mask, in fact, in fact, wearing a mask, walking around with a mask is a sign that you're selfish. And then that sort of morphed very quickly into, well, I guess you could wear a mask, and then to, you must wear a mask. In fact, if you're not wearing a mask, you're selfish. And now we know they lied about it because they were just worried that people would panic and they would go out and buy masks, and we wouldn't be enough masks for healthcare workers. Well, I understand the impulse of that. But once you lie to people, you can't unlie to them. Once you've broken their trust, you can't get it back. You can't say, well, we lied there, but we have a reason for lying. Now we're not lying to you. I mean, we've all had that experience with somebody who's essentially dishonest, who says, no, no, this time, you know, I'm Lucy with a football. This time, I'm not lying to you. And so they broke the trust, the essential trust at a moment when trust was the most important thing, they broke it. And now they're mad and they want it back. So all the people, look, I wear a mask when I go outside and I don't mind wearing a mask. And when I walk into a store and it says masks only, I wear a mask, no problem. I, 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 I have no particular constitutional or libertarian or individual liberty problem with wearing a mask if that seems to be the thing. But I also understand why people feel like, well, wait a minute wait a minute, you can't push me around anymore. Because they they do feel, I think, legitimately like, none of this is true. You're all just telling me this because you want, because you think that I'm too stupid to understand how to keep myself safe and healthy. And ultimately that has been at least 30%, 40%, maybe more of the response to this virus since January has been, well, the American people are dumb. So we're going to lie to them so that we trick the dummies into doing the right thing. And it turns out, look, I mean, I said this before, if you actually stack up the common sense and the smart reactions to this virus, every single elected official from the top to the bottom and every single member of the media from the top to the bottom has behaved abominably and completely incompetently. The only people who seem like they've got a head on their shoulders and they know what they're doing are the American people. None of whom, by the way, are epidemiologists. <laughs> they're like, okay, I'll bring the Purell. Okay, I'll wear the out. Okay, I'll do all that stuff. Like Nobody wants to get sick. Both ends of this
1: lockdown, too, because not only did you get the, the very different uh, warnings and, and advice about the masks, but then, of course, once the protests started, well, those are fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody else, you still need to stay in your bunker. And so the, the hypocrisy is just in, insane. But, of course, one of the other things we've heard, and I'm just looking at this story, too, Rob. Uh, is that, you know, you got to wash your hands all the time. Use that hand sanitizer. CBS News, U.S. consumers should not use any of nine brands of possibly toxic (laughs) hand sanitizer that may contain methanol, a substance potentially dangerous when absorbed through the skin or ingested. Wow. Well, again, thanks for telling us that
2: four months after this all
1: started, (laughs) these people. Yeah,
2: I mean, but even that, I can kind of say, well, you know, that was just like they said about cholesterol and fat. You know, that's just like nobody knows anything. But at least I don't feel like I was being manipulated, and I think if you feel like you're being manipulated, uh, in an inc- especially in an incredibly obvious and ham-fisted way, you naturally lose your your sense of trust, and so someone's got to have to earn that trust back, and it's going to be a long, slow haul. Um, people don't trust CNN, they don't trust the New York Times, they don't trust the president of the United States, they don't trust the the Speaker of the House. They don't trust the president of the Senate. They don't trust their mayor. They don't trust their governor. Why should they? Where, where have these people distinguished themselves in truth telling in, in the sheer, I mean, I, I this is going to get me in trouble for saying this in the sheer manliness you're supposed to have when you take an office. And I mean that even in the female sense of like courage and looking people in the eye and telling them the truth and treating people, your, your, your employers, essentially voters like they have a brain on their head that you're not just hoodwinking them because they're too stupid to understand how to not get sick. It's just to me, you know, if I were an incumbent of any stripe in uh, heading into November, I'd be nervous because this feels like a change election uh, top to bottom. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take
0: it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free
1: for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right, let's move on to our crazy martini to close out the week here, Rob. And it uh, doesn't get much crazier than the government paying dead people. So let's yeah. go to NBC News. More than a million Americans who had died received COVID-19 stimulus payments totaling $1.4 billion, a government watchdog said in a report to Congress Thursday. The finding is part of a sweeping review of the federal government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic by the Government Accountability Office. Uh, The report says that there were more than 160 million payments worth $269 billion. GAO's report said Treasury officials said that to meet the CARES Act's mandate to deliver payments as rapidly as possible, Treasury and the IRS sent out the first three batches of payments using previous operational policies and procedures for stimulus payments, you're going to love this, which did not include using Social Security Administration death records as a filter to halt payments to decedents. GAO also reported that IRS's legal counsel had determined that the IRS did not have the legal authority to deny payments to those who filed a return for 2019, even if they were deceased at the time of payment, and had advised applying the same rules to recipients who had filed a 2018 uh, return. And so the IRS is now updating guidance, uh, requesting the money back. I don't know if they actually have a plan if people don't send it back, but uh, Rob, man, that's one way to get rich, I guess. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, for, so all you all to do is die. Um, but, I mean, let's keep this in perspective. One point um, four billion dollars um, divided by the two trillion that we spent just to get a percentage here. I, and I, 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 my calculator actually doesn't do billions and trillions, which is a, a problem that I'm sure if I was a math better math, I could figure it's about it
1: out. A, it's a little over a thousand, to, like two thousand to one, pretty much. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. So it's like a little less, like like one tenth of one percent. It's like it's a rounding error. It only sounds like a lot of money because it's a lot of money. but if it doesn't sound like a lot of money when it's two trillion and if two trillion be spent on this thing, like that's nothing. Like a billion and a half, that's pretty good. like who, 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 we should give that person an award. But it also just shows that the 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 the, is the, is the essential problem with sending people checks, right? Unless we have a system where everyone is on one you know database that works, and everybody I know in the in the computer business and the data science business says, if you want to know if you want to know why America is in the shape it's in, just understand that most of that code was written in 1972 um you know, the for social security, for the IRS, that's all ancient, ancient computer um engineering language, computer coding language. Um so we have to expect that. We have to expect this kind of level of of uh inaccuracy. I guess the question is like if you're there and you get a the checks arrived in the mail and it's for you know Nana and she's no longer with us, um I mean, what are you gonna do with the check? Someone had to cash it, right? Someone had to put do not, you know, for deposit only and then take it to the bank. I mean, that's the real question here. It's like, what, 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 what is the actual physical journey this money takes? Seeing as we've just, we, we, the government printed it. We know they printed it. So now they sent it to you. What what happens now? Like, I, I mean, I'm interested. I'm asking for a friend, as we say. I'm not really. <laughs> can you cash that money? Is that real money? Uh, it depends. Depends how good
1: uh, you could forge grandma's signature, I guess. But yeah. uh Man, the only condition on this, of course, is that you have to now vote Democrat as a dead person, right?
2: Well, you're already voting Democrat as a dead person. <laughs> you're probably, you, you know, even depending on when you, de- you, when you died, you probably already voted. Certainly in Cook County, um, you've been voting for years, as they say. Well, uh, I don't know if folks are going to try and uh, make
1: some Changes to the law to make sure that this doesn't happen with ballots this year with all the mail-in. Be a nice idea, but they're running out of time, and uh, I'm guessing that would meet some friction for whatever reason. But uh, we'll find out. I'm sure it'll be a mess. Rob, it's been great to talk to you all week long. Have a great summer, and I'll probably talk to you soon.
2: Talk to you soon, and next week's going to be a lot better. (laughs) Happy Happy Fourth of July.
1: Thank you very much. You too. Uh, Rob Long is a contributing editor at National Review Online. He's a co-founder of Ricochet. He's co-host of the GLOP podcast. I'm Greg Karumbas of Radio America. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a kind review with five stars. I will be out all next week. Uh, Jim Garrity will be back, however. Chad Benson of Radio America will be filling in for me. You can also get us on those uh, home surveillance devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. And join us Monday for the next Three Martini Lunch.